KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. There's a lot going on right now. Of course, we are in the midst of worldwide protests for racial justice and protests against police brutality in the wake of the death of George Floyd. And sometimes you actually have to remind yourself, amazingly enough, that we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. But while things are getting better here in the Delaware Valley, we are seeing real spikes in cases in other parts of the country. And it's important to keep in mind that COVID-19, the virus, hasn't gone anywhere. We wanted to talk about the importance of staying vigilant and what we've learned during this pandemic. So we reached out to Dr. Chris Johnson. She is an assistant professor of epidemiology at Temple University. We have a real interesting conversation about the pandemic. Give a listen. So watching the news, specifically watching the news this morning, and I heard as they talked about COVID-19 cases in the South and and in the Sun Belt getting worse, uh, they referred to it as a second wave. This isn't a second wave. This is just continuation of the first. Am I correct in that? That's absolutely correct, especially in those specific areas that you mentioned. Where are we on this? Are we still climbing as a country? Are we overall hitting a plateau or does it depend on where you are? It really depends on where you are. So like I said just a moment ago, for the Sun Belt and like that southern region that really reopened without making sure they hit metrics, they're still climbing just because of the lack of social distancing measures. If we look at places like the Northeast, where we had that coalition of governors get together, trying to make sure that they were responding in similar ways to the COVID pandemic, most of the Northeast is doing a, a really good job. So they appear to be on, if we're thinking about the curve, the downward end of the curve for the first wave. So while some areas of the country are still climbing in their first wave, other areas of the country like Philly, New York, are kind of coming down off of their first wave. What have we learned? It seems to me as a layman that being outside and wearing a mask, it turns out, are really effective ways to prevent this, like holding stuff outside and whatever. Is there data to to support that? Do you agree with that kind of? What have we learned? So there's a lot of research still to be done to see exactly how effective things are. But I think just anecdotally in looking at comparing different states' responses, I think we can say that requiring people to wear a mask is an important way to reduce people's infection, whether it's because they're not sneezing openly or because they're not touching their face as much. We're not quite sure. But either way, it's helpful in stemming the spread of COVID-19. So we've heard a few mixed messages come out of the World Health Organization about masks, and we might have had a few conflicting reports between them and the CDC in the beginning. Um, But I think It's important to remember that in the beginning, whenever we might have heard we shouldn't wear masks, that was because we didn't have the amount of homemade masks that we have now. And we wanted to make sure our healthcare providers had the masks they needed to keep themselves safe. Because despite having proper PPE for most healthcare workers, we still had many of them die. So now that we have so many homemade masks, you can buy them at most stores these days. It's really important to think of like that face cover as not only protecting you, but protecting your family. 
and everyone else around you. It's really a team effort with masks. It's interesting. You mentioned how the, the coalition of Northeast governors working together. We seem to be kind of a point where, for the most part, the federal government doesn't deal with the pandemic anymore. And how difficult does that make the fight against COVID-19 when you don't kind of have that universal message from on high? So that that's really uh, difficult from a public health standpoint from a bunch of different perspectives. Uh, the first is the messaging perspective. I told you just um, the mask issue itself had a few different perspectives to it from the CDC and the World Health Organization. But to hear completely conflicting reports from upper national leadership within days of one another is really it's really hard to overcome as a public health professional. And as just people, it's really difficult to say, okay, well, my, my president is saying that we should reopen, but my governor is saying no. And then like, we're not meeting these metrics that came out of the white house guidelines, but they want us to reopen anyway. And all of those conflicting messages are, are really difficult to understand what should actually be happening. Um, the other way that that lack of national like cohesive response is damaging is that the national stockpile, which is this onslaught of goods of masks and um, antibiotics and all kinds of things that could be used in a multitude of, of national emergencies. So whether it's a hurricane or a pandemic, the national stockpile can come into play here. And because there hasn't been a national response, we haven't had those dispersed in a comprehensive and in an unbiased way. I know with the Memorial Day weekend in the Jersey Shore and once the mass protests started, I know there was a lot of uh, anxiety with public health people, with, you know, health officials in general. Are we going to see a spike? Around here, we didn't. And we're kind of we're more than two weeks removed from the start of the protests as well as from Memorial Day. For the Delaware Valley, how good a news is that, that we we had a lot of mass protests, we had people go down the shore, and we didn't see the surge that you're seeing in other parts of the country? So it's important to keep in mind that around here, we don't have the level of cases that other areas of the country have. But that said... As far as our testing and monitoring right now, we're still seeing we're coming off of the spike from Memorial Day right now. So we might not yet have tested people who decided to visit the shore or what have you. So I don't think we're out of the clear yet to say that we didn't have a spike. Um, But I will also say that whenever you look at video footage of protests around the country, Philly was consistently the one where people left the most space between them and other people. And they were the ones that were wearing the masks most often, except maybe Seattle. But again, those were also standing too closely together. So I would expect to see a smaller increase, albeit still some increase because of the the protests. Uh, We talked about how there wasn't a real universal message from the federal government. You do still hear concerns from Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was front and center at the podium there for a while when they were holding briefings. Uh, And he's still very concerned and sounding the alarm 
how much weight do his words carry in the public health sector and how much attention should these comments he's getting be getting even though they're not made from the the presidential podium and stuff like that so anthony fauci i think in the public health realm and healthcare realm has kind of been seen as like the voice of reason in all of this the one that that is actually speaking about the science and we as scientists don't care so much about the politics. We, we just want the science to get out there and to people, for people to know how to protect themselves and their families. Because that's what's really important and what's going to drive people wearing a mask. Like if they have a purpose in mind, that's what's going to, what they're going to do. So I think his comments are just as valid now as they were whenever he was speaking them during those briefings, if not more so, because we have even more cases now and a hundred plus thousand deaths. So we should all still be listening to Dr. Fauci. I just do think that we as a nation have kind of gotten fatigued of coronavirus, but we've kind of got to double down because it could get so much worse if we don't keep moving forward with our social distancing practices in mind. As someone who has, is working in public health epidemiology, how are you doing dealing with all this. I think we look at this a lot from the public standpoint, but I'd like to kind of reverse it. How are you doing and and handling all this? And and what's the frustration level? What's the the, the level of stuff like that that you deal with every day? Oh, I think you have to be more specific. Um, So my biggest frustration, I think, is that I see these mixed messages coming out and, and people recommending treatments that aren't actually treatments. And I just, I want the public to have correct information that can actually help themselves. So I'm, I'm really, my background is in health education. And because of that, most of my messages that I try and put out are about empowering people to protect themselves and protect their families. Because if you say, there's nothing you can do to help yourself, that's not helpful. That, and it's also not ethical. So that's my biggest frustration is people just putting negative things out there and not making it an actionable thing, something people can do to help themselves. That said, in a practical sense, as an epidemiologist, I am not going to be one of the first people to eat even out on a patio with folks. I wear my mask every time I go to the grocery store. I try and get things delivered as often as possible. I've started walking in a cemetery to make sure that I am further away from people because even though we're not seeing an uptick in cases here in the Philadelphia area, there are still other places in the country. And we live in a major urban area where people could just show up from any other area in the country. And so I'm still, still very hypervigilant in the way that I go about my daily life. And overall, when it comes to prevention, are we still where obviously social distancing, wearing a mask, but wash your hands, avoid groups. I mean, that's basically still the refrain we should be listening to as far as the, the best practices. Right. So we're learning more about treatments, but that's still not helping us any with prevention. And while there are some vaccines that are coming down the pike in a pretty quick way, it seems like for right now, that is going to like the wash your hands, wear a mask, social distance, and just be very cognizant of what you're doing and where you're going. That's going to be our mantra until we have a vaccine. 
And how concerned are you about the fall? We talked about this is still the first wave. Uh, you know, and once we roll back into what would normally be flu season and stuff like that, uh, are are you very nervous? I'm extremely nervous because, again, without this coordinated national response that in other countries like New Zealand has resulted in them eliminating all of their cases of of COVID-19, we still have areas of the country that never reduce their cases. They might have plateaued for a couple of days, but then reopened. So Arizona, Georgia, Florida, I believe Alabama as well, all have continued to see an uptick in cases. And it's not necessarily that I see that people are going to have an uptick of their travel to the Northeast region, but um, having recently lived in Florida, snowbirds are a thing. And I'm really, really concerned about snowbirds who travel from the Northeast to spend their winter in their fall and winter in Georgia and Florida, because if they are moving from an area of low prevalence into an area of high prevalence, like Florida has become in recent weeks, I'm really concerned about, especially those retirees, because they likely have other comorbidities. It's going to make it even worse for them if they do get sick. So there's a couple of different facets that I'm looking at there from travel to what winter means for people in the Northeast as well. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.